So, uh, Jim, Brother and I have been married a while, and we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. But uh, I'm going to give her a chance if she, she could. We'll start, and then Susan's going to come up and talk about preaching. Anytime you've got a question, we expect you to just simply do this, and we'll stop and then not tell. Or we'll give you whatever we can. Even if we don't know the answer, we'll find somebody that does know the answer. This is not about us and presenting. This is about you and learning and how we want to make sure that we're gaining some insight. Does that make sense? Is that all right? Uh, this is where I teach every Sunday morning, so I'm familiar with this room. So I do know that there's noise in the back. And if you can't hear me, then we'll get this microphone working. I got two experts over there now, so well, I got an expert, one expert, and I need to figure out which one it is. Which one it is. Bottom line is, we don't want to mess up these two microphones, guys. That's the main thing. So that's good. Okay, Linda, I'm gonna let you start. You're gonna talk a little bit. Something of a review from what we did last week. You should have in front of you the the uh, template on the personality. Because that is so critical to understand, so if you don't have a copy of that, let us know and we'll get you a copy. Because we really want you to dive into it and learn something about that, okay? Because the more you understand the person you're married to, the better your relationship will be. Now, I've been married 50 plus years. I'm still working on the understanding. You understand what I mean? And so that's the process. Now, she can complete my sentences. That, that tells you how well she's done a good job of understanding me, but I'm still working on it, okay? So let Carol let you start, and uh, you can share from your insight what you see from the temple. Um, Here you go, babe. Sorry. I don't know how to use one of these. Yeah, I'm used to that. Um, don't throw this away. Keep this. This is absolutely wonderful. Um, I was well, in a... I was introduced to this when I was doing some studies um, with with Tim LaHaye, and he's the one that came up with the, just the the importance of knowing the the personality and the temperaments, and it is so important not just for Jim and I but for our children because once I I grabbed a hold to this I I used it on my children, and. My children just didn't have my genes and, Jean, and Jim's genes, but my family's genes and his family's genes. So it's, it's all thrown together, and you come out with your personality. This particular sheet that you're looking at is not in concrete. It's not in concrete. So when you look, if you know your personality and you look at it and you go, that's not me, and that's not me, I would never do that. Well, that's true, because when I first started studying this, I saw things about me as a melancholy, and I went, well, I don't like that. Mm, I don't like that. And I would see things that he would do, and I would think, yep, that's right, but that's not right. He's not like that. It's because you learn when people go, you drive me crazy. Quit talking. Well, you're probably a sanguine, and the Lord made you with the ability to talk for a purpose because your husband probably doesn't talk because you usually marry the person completely opposite to you. And then you're thinking, why, aren't, why isn't he more like me? And she's go, he's going, why isn't she more like me? Because we would be so bored that we just would run in our own little circles. But Jim and I have meshed together. When we started dating, um, I was kind of quiet. He was the talker, but it didn't take long because he rubbed off on me, and I rubbed off on him, and he kind of quieted down, and I, I continued to, um, to talk. So how many of you know what temperament or personal trait you have? Good, good. Did you look over your list? Did you take this home with you last week, and did you look over it? Did you pick it out by uh, reading the examples and then your mate telling you, yeah, that's definitely you, or no, I don't think that's you. This might be you. Is that the way that y'all figured it out? Pardon? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yes, and and they're different. 
because some of the personality traits are animals. I know the the word, yeah, in his office, that's the one that they use. And I'll go, no, that's a cleric. That's a sanguine. And he'll go, no, that's a wolf or that's a bear. And I'll go, like, yeah. Um, but anyway, this is good because if you work, it helps you to understand your coworkers. You understand, well, that's why they're acting that way is because that's their makeup. And it helps you to accept them more. And especially for, I just really don't like under the sanguine, um, undisciplined, emotionally unstable, unproductive, egocentric, exaggerates a lot. I have a daughter that is the ultimate sanguine. She could go into a forest and she would make friends out of the trees. But she is not undisciplined and she's not emotionally unstable. So don't look at this and take offense to it. Look at it and just think, okay, now what does that mean? And I just actually looked up all these words to see what the dictionary said about myself. So do that same thing uh, for yourself as well. And also, I teach exercise classes. So this is wonderful for my students when I see the overachiever students and I see the students that are afraid to move at all because they're afraid they're going to do it wrong. So when I notice them, then I know how to talk with them, and I know how to encourage them, and I know how to help them. So this is going to be very um, in, um, important. How many of you have married an opposite personality? And how does it work out for you? It can be. Do what? That's right. That's right. Jim and I, sometimes if, if we're in an argument, I'll just think, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then it dawns on me, hey, this, that's the way he's, he's made up. And he's doing the same thing with me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But it works out. Yeah, and I will say after 50 years of marriage, We've almost reversed. Yes. I mean, literally, I'm much more of a sanguine, just quiet. Now, I still run hard, but as far as the choleric, she's much more choleric today than when we were dating and got married. I mean, it's just iron mm -hmm. chopping iron, somebody said. Mm -hmm. That's a very true statement. I mean, we've kind of gotten, we, we were joined as one, and we've grown in that mindset because we were completely opposite. You know, I'm, I'm a financial guy, and I squeeze the nickel, the buffalo, till the buffalo sits down. Buffalo nickel, till the buffalo sits down. I'm tight. She, I've said cheap, and she says, "Well, I'm just frugal, really, but I'm tight." Well, now, today, and when we got married, that was not the case. Today, she's tight, and I'm much more discreet. So, you see what I'm saying? It's just that mindset. We just changed. So, go yeah. ahead, Lee. Um, so anyway, don't throw this away. You want to keep it and you want to use it. Any questions about it? How about your children? Are you able to look at your children and, and figure out which one is uh, phlegmatic, which means they're very quiet, they're to their self, and, and they only speak when they're ready to speak, and it's usually profane what they say and wonderful advice. So what about what about your children? Yes? Okay. What were you going to say? I just wondered, you know, she, she calls you baby, and I wonder, what do you call your children? Not baby. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> Hi. Babe. Yeah. I'll usually, call, yeah, he'll call me babe. Buddy, we had the same, basically the same name, so that's how she knows me as Buddy. 
Any any other questions or suggestions of how you have used this? Okay. All right. One of the things about Timberland that as you go through this process, you will learn that it, again, I'm glad that you've done it at once. I've done it at once. The first in the first time we ever did this was in Veronica, Georgia, with Christian Financial Concepts, and you may not know that Larry <coughs> And he was big on this because it helps people make decisions on what they're going to do, you know, in life. We, we actually built a whole division at the Christian Financial Concepts that would help college kids decide what to do in college before they finish a four-year degree and step out into the world and go, I'm not sure what to do. I don't know how to do it. You know, they didn't have the personality. My dad was an accountant, so I thought I'd be an accountant. I went into, you know, math class and accounting and all that, and even though I like numbers, I know my strengths, and that's what we want you to learn through this whole process is what are your strengths? Because after you learn your strengths, you can begin to look at your weaknesses. And they're listed. And they're there. Here. And so you can go through that process because I know that I'm not good. We just had a project in our backyard. <laughs> Couldn't even brought that up as the press. But no, I'm kidding. But there's a big project. Now, I can handle the financial side and look at spreadsheets and get all the dollars and know where they're going, but don't ask me to decide what color, where the plants come, how it's going to look. I am lost as a goose in that area. In fact, I'm a disaster. I'm a train wreck waiting to happen. Guess what she's good at? The design, the colors, the plants, all that stuff that if you ask me to go and me do that, we'd be there for about six months, and I would not get it done. I'd get very frustrated. So I lean 100% on her to do those things that are her strengths. As, as I do for him. Yeah, um, then she doesn't can we afford this? All the you know what I mean? Because we clash with that. So it's very much, I trust her totally when it comes to the creative side and how we're going to do that, especially if I say we can spend X, okay, let's say we spend a thousand dollars, just use that as a number. I'm not worried one bit that she's going to come in and say, well, it costs twenty-seven hundred dollars. That's not going to happen. I know she's going to be very sensitive about the budget, but it's amazing how much she can get done for a thousand dollars. Follow me? Where I just would fall apart. So the strength in a marriage and friendship is learning to trust what we do together and knowing our temperaments, what her strengths are and her weaknesses, and my strengths are and I'm mine. Does that make sense? And let me say this to you. The sooner you can begin to figure that out and work on that, the better off you'll be. That's the key. That's the hard part, though, because it takes a lot of work. I mean, there's things that I would have thought, yeah, she's good at this. She's good at that. By the way, I need to share this with you. Most men are woodworkers, right? Am I, am I right? Most men, don't you know, a lot of wood men that, you know, have shops and they're working with wood and building stuff and cutting stuff and all that kind of stuff? Well, guess what? We have in our house a fabulous woodworking shop. Now, there's a few of you can imagine. And there for a period of about 10 years, all I had to do was go to the woodworking shop and say, I was going to go. Because that would be her pushing button. It just needs to woodwork in my house. Not me. Don't ask me to take the time. I have to come home. If she's out working in the shop, I come home and say, show me your hands. I want to see how many fingers you got. I want to count her 10 fingers because I, I never know if she's going to cut them off or not. But what I'm trying to say is, you see the difference in the two of us? I mean, it's totally different. How many of you would have guessed that she was a woodworker dust and hay and the hair and all over the place. You would have thought that in a heartbeat. But she is definitely not a prima donna nor a china doll. You understand? I couldn't have married a china doll. I'd be a wreck. I needed somebody who could do those things and take care of those things. She's not high maintenance. 
You know what I mean? And, and, and that's an important thing for me to know that when we were friends, because we dated, how long, I've already told you, how long do you think we may have been dated? Five and a half years. I just couldn't convince her dad that I was born married. Her mom <laughs> liked me, but she said she is absolutely safe. I was a typical nerd freshman in college. <laughs> you know, that's what her mom said. So her mom basically raised me for five and a half years. We dated. Finally, we got married. And then about six years later, we had some kids. So we knew each other, and that's what I'm going to talk about later on. We have some campus news to come up. We're going to talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that, about how we know and how it's so important to have that relationship and build it and work it in. So but, I want to stress with you, gentlemen, y'all come on up here. The reality is you have to work at knowing who your spouse is and knowing the strengths and the weaknesses. Now, can you imagine buying, going into a woodworking shop and buying a planer? For your spouse, your wife, who is a woodworker, and the guy says, "Is this for you?" I said, "Uh huh. I just wanted a few nails. I can show you some people what I put in. You know, wait for me and stuff in your shoes. And so that's what you need." Well, she's got to know the guy, and they all know who she is when they walk in. And then he said, "When you were doing a house one time, she literally became so familiar with all the people that drove it. They said, holler at him. Hey, Mr. Lady, how you doing? That's not good, by the way, when your spouse goes into Lowe's and they wave at him." walking down the hallway. You got it? I want to stress with you, the difference is we're so different, but we've been married 50 years and we come together. We're so alike in a lot of ways. And help your children figure out what personality your child is and help them when one is talk, 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 and the teachers are going, can you not be quiet? Can you not be quiet? Then you can help your children to realize, hey, this is the way God made you but we need to learn how to not talk quite so much or to talk more. So it's not just for mom and dad, it's for the children. Thank you. All right, guys. Any questions? We want to take about five minutes here. Long as you want to okay. Well, good evening. We're glad to, um, excited to be here. Susan and I have been married for 40 years. Uh, this past year, so celebrated our 40th anniversary, and we raised four kids. And uh, one of the things that um, I think has characterized our marriage is the fact that we have built a friendship uh, over 40 years. Um, we uh, we don't do the same things, we don't like the same things, but we have uh, spent a lot of time cultivating uh, our, our marriage and cultivating our, our friendship. And there's three things that we want to talk to you about tonight. First of all is, is how to cultivate your, a friendship inside your marriage. Uh, and then we'd like to talk a little bit about cultivating friendships, um, marriage friendships, people with other couples, and, and also your relationships with uh, your friends, your guy friends, girlfriends. And um, also talk about the dangers of uh, unhealthy friendships in, in your marriage. So let's just go through a couple of things that uh, f- for us um, over the years, some of these things we've, we've been better at and worse at, but uh, these are just some, some ideas on how to cultivate a stronger relationship uh, and a stronger friendship inside uh, your, your marriage. And the number one thing is, is to be sure you leave time for your spouse. We are so busy. There are so many things that are going on that you have to be intentional to make sure that you you carve away time for your spouse, especially during the, the time of life when you're raising kids, because it's really busy. Um, we used to laugh. Uh, I'd come home, uh, come home from work. I'd call and go, okay, who's got to be where when? We raised four kids. I told her she should have gotten her degree in logistics because we were getting people everywhere. But you have to intentionally carve time out, and, and it takes work. So that means you sometimes you have to uh, not do things that you want to do because you want to carve time away uh, with your spouse. For us, laughter and fun has been a big part of our relationship. We, we, we love, matter of fact, I think her favorite radio station is the Comedy Channel. Uh, she likes to listen to the, all the different comedians. But, I mean, for us, uh, we, we always like to, to do things that are fun. And, and we do things that um, cause us to laugh. We tell jokes. Um, not that, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to be 
a comedian or anything like that, but it's always uh, trying to look at the light side, the, the funny side of things, because uh, there's enough heaviness in the world, um, you know, that sometimes is just look at the, the, the funny side of things, and it, it, makes, it makes things easier. Um, you want to take some time every week with your spouse. Now, when you're raising kids, that's very important. Uh, you've heard Brother Steve uh, talk about uh, dialogue daily um, and depart. I think he said quarterly. Sometimes when you've got kids, it's, you know, date weekly and depart quor uh, quarterly. Sometimes you can't do quarterly if you do every six months, but carve out some time to, to get away just the two of you. Uh, and it can be uh, with other couples. But you want to make sure you get a, you get time to spend just the two of you uh, away from everybody else for just for just a little bit, and um, that's a choice because we've all got so many different things going on. We've all got uh, different uh, hobbies that we do. We've got work responsibilities, especially if both of you work and you're raising kids. I mean, finding that time to carve out for you and your family and for your your spouse that's that's a difficult thing. But if you don't do that, then you tend to start end up leading separate lives. You want to make sure that you have time to connect uh, with each other. Um, ways to do that is to uh, explore the interests of your spouse. Okay, she when we got married, she didn't know anything about her sports. Her daddy was not a he worked at a, a diaper machine. He was a mechanic. He did diaper, worked on diaper machines and tissue machines that come to the Clark. He didn't care anything about sports. And if it was a ball, I was involved. You know, football, baseball, golf, now it's tennis. Um, it's, it's, you know, that was always part of my DNA. Well, that was something that, you know, she made a choice early on that if she was going to be with me, she needed to be interested in sports. And so she's developed an interest, and um, now we're, we go to football games together. She'll watch tennis on uh, – she even knows some of the names of the tennis players. She'll, she'll, and she'll know, you know, which ones – she really likes Ben Shelton right now if you watch tennis. None of you watch tennis. Never mind. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> He's just a little kid. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's uh, about learning the things that, that they like and, and choosing to learn more about them. Um, we try to do things together that, uh, like we, we for a while we got um, season tickets at the Orpheum, and we would go to, to, to plays at that. So it's, it's about intentionally finding things that uh, you both can like, even if one of you has to learn to like it. Uh, we're going to go see Henry Cho here in a couple of weeks, who's a comedian. Have you, ever, you guys ever heard of him? He's a good, clean comedian. Uh, he's going to be in Bartlett in a couple of weeks, so we're going to go see that. <clears throat> So work on that, and, you know, again, you ladies, you may not care anything about sports, but um, she has learned. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just making eye contact with someone over here. <laughs> but she's learned to like it, and, you know, we actually, we, we have uh, season tickets now to the Tiger games. Um, we go to the, uh, t t she likes to go to the tailgate before the game. Right. So we've got a couple of uh, couples from here in Bellevue that we, uh, we go to the, the games with. And uh, so she enjoys that part, and she'll go to the ball games, and she'll she'll learn about it, and, and she'll have she has fun. It's not her favorite thing. I mean, she is an introvert. She would rather go home and, and sit on the couch, and um, I get her out of the couch every now and then. So learn to learn to do that. So um, and then as you're doing that, you start to learn the things that you like together. We like to travel. We like to go different places, and part of the fun of that is deciding where you're going to go, and then planning. And I'm the guy that gets on the internet, you know, I find the best deal, you know, here's the places, and then I'll take it to her, and she goes, nah, I don't like that one. <laughs> but most of the time she said, I'll go anywhere, we'll, you know, let's, let's go, we're ready to go. Um, for a while, we had campers. Uh, we had a camper, and a friend, a couple of ours, a uh, couple friends of ours had campers, and, and um, we would go with them. And it was really fun, because we would go together, so they had the two couples and, and our campers, the... Uh, Phil and I would go play golf. She and Debbie would go shop. The next day, we'd all get in one of the trucks, and we would go and look at the, the scenery, go to the mountains or go to the beach or wherever we happened to be. 
Uh, unfortunately, Phil passed away last year, and um, so we adapt and, and learn to do something different. But learning to, to find those things that you like to do together and like to do with other couples. One of the keys, I think, for us is having a lot of our friends being here at Bellevue. Uh, so we have a lot of people that uh, have the same value set, uh, enjoy the same kinds of things, um, and that we can um, sh we share a lot of interests. Um, there's actually a, a group at Faith. There's about, I think, probably 10 or 12 couples and they all camp together. So uh, you, they always, uh, if you know Eleanor Moskowitz or any of the Moskowitz, um, they're always posting pictures of, of their, their uh, camping excursions. So finding something that you like to, uh, and doing it together. You're always going to run into conflict. Um, after 40 years, we've kind of figured out what, you know, what each other's about. I know what you know how to push her buttons. She knows how to push my buttons. We try to stay away from those buttons. Uh, but sometimes there's conflict. Um, but being able to work through that conflict in a healthy way, um, that's a big part of developing a friendship. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you look at the dynamics of a sports team um, and you look at the difference between uh, men's teams and women's teams. Now, our daughter played soccer at Union. And one of the things that we, we uh, discovered is that girls have to like each other to play to get on the team, to, to do well. They have to like each other. Guys, they don't care. You know, they can, as long as everybody's doing their job, guys will, you know, they'll, they'll do it. But girls have to like each other. And so it's just a different dynamic in how men look at things and how women look, look at things. And so learning to work through those conflicts and do it in a healthy way and you'll, there'll be a whole session on, on conflict and dealing with that in the future. But um, when you work through a conflict in a healthy way, it deepens your relationship. Um, you realize that you can have differing opinions without, um, without being angry, without being upset at each other. And that's a key thing, I think, especially for newlyweds, when the first time you have an argument and you go, oh, my goodness, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to file for divorce tomorrow because, you know, we, we fought. Uh, you know, if that's the case, we'd be filing, you know, everybody would be filing every day. But you learn through those conflicts um, how to relate to each other, and um, it helps to, to uh, deepen that friendship. Side note on that, um, be sure that your children know that you do have conflicts every once in a while. Um, my parents did not do that, and by the time I, I have a sister that's two years younger than me, by the time I turned 18, they realized that once we got married, we were going to think if we had a fight with our husband that, you know, everything was over or whatever. And so they did, they, they actually sat us down and told us that they had made sure that they didn't fight in front of us. So anyway, just as your kids grow up, just let them see you when you have conflict and you work through it because they need to know that that's going to happen. Let them see you work, work through conflict. Yeah. Okay. There's just not a whole lot of good that comes out of yelling at each other. You know, there's not a whole lot of good that comes out of an elevated voice. Um, and that kind of leads into the next point, and that's to be gentle with one another. Um, you know, be gentle with one another. We, we talk about um, assume good intentions. So assume that the other person has good intentions. Don't assume because they said something a certain way that they meant harm by that or they meant to say something you know meant to hurt you by that sometimes i mean especially guys we do it right we say stuff and we go i can't unsay that but boy i sure screwed that up you know but we're, we're too proud to say we did it okay um so if you come at things with the assumption that your your spouse has good intentions that they're not trying to do something intentionally to hurt you, it really helps to, to mitigate that. Um, you know, um, sometimes the, the worst thing we can do is open our mouth. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just be quiet and just and listen. So, But be gentle with each other and assume that the other person is, um, 
has good intentions. Now, what that means is, you know, you, you, people talk about marriage being a 50-50 thing, okay? Well, marriage is not a 50-50 thing. I don't care what anybody tells you. For a successful marriage, it has to be 100-100. Both the husband and the wife have to put 100% into the marriage. 100% into uh, developing the spouse, into loving the spouse. And, and, you know, and it's funny, when you spend all of your time trying to meet the needs of your spouse, and if your spouse is all the time trying to meet your needs, guess what happens? Your needs, your needs get met. But if one person is not holding up their end of the bargain, you know, it's really hard to have a good healthy relationship so it's all in it's a hundred percent a hundred percent accountability and mutual respect and in those areas accountability and sexuality and finances and relationships uh, being accountable to each other uh, we'll talk in, in, a, in a minute uh, matter, matter of fact I'll talk just a little bit right now and we'll kind of kind of go into that you should never have a relationship with a person of the opposite sex that um, is super important to you. In, in other words, once you are married, you are two or one flesh. Um, in my uh, business life, there were a lot of times when um, I had females reporting to me. I reported to females. Um, and if there was ever an ever a need to have a meeting where it was just me and a female, I always left the door cracked, whether it was the door to my office or in a conference room or whatever. Um, you never want to, um, you have to be very, very careful about relationships with um, people of the opposite sex. A couple of, couple of, a couple of things on those boundaries. You want to... Uh, if there is a person that your spouse is uncomfortable with you being around, then you need to back away from that relationship. There's usually a good reason why that person is uncomfortable uh, with that other person. We, uh, we have seen, and uh, in some very uh, you know, godly people, we've seen situations where there were two couples and the one of the men and one of the women, the, the, the wife of the other couple, over the course of time, they had an infatuation that grew into, you know, just talking to each other without the, their husband, other hus husband and wife there. And ultimately, they end up having a, an affair. Both couples got divorced, and it destroyed two families. Okay? So... You want to, if your spouse is uncomfortable about a relationship that you've had or that you have, you should back away from it. I'm not saying that you, you know, you push that person out of your life, but you don't do anything to encourage that, uh, any exclusivity in that relationship. And they might not even be able to explain to you why they don't feel comfortable with that, but, and so you don't need to push them on that. If they don't, your marriage is worth more than in that relationship so back away and sometimes uh, guys uh, our wives are been gifted with an intuition and sometimes she can't explain to me and it's not it hadn't been a situation um, with a female but there have been times I can remember we walked into a store one time and um, I mean we hadn't been in there 20 seconds and she said there's something bad about this place I need to get out of here let's let's leave and so we we turned around and left you know, sometimes there's just a feeling or an intuition that your wife has, and, and you need to you need to respect that, um, and you need to uh, to back away from it, because uh, let me tell you, um, would you rather be right or happy? Guys, think about that. Okay, because a lot of times we we pushed because we know we're right or we think we're right. Okay. And you know, and then we're then we're in battle mode. Okay, I need to win. Okay, well that's that's called uh, winning but losing. You know, you might win the battle and lose the war. So if you're you know if your wife is really concerned about something, back away from it. 
Um, and same way goes, it goes the other way too. If the husband is uncomfortable about something, then we wives need to back away. Um, don't share any private details of your marriage with somebody of the opposite sex. There's just no reason to. Um, because when you share a problem with somebody who is a friend, then you, you know, guys especially, when we hear a problem, what happens? What, do you, what happens when you get a problem at work? You get into problem-solving mode, and all of a sudden you're probing and looking for, and, and when you do that with, a, with somebody of the opposite sex and you're talking about your marriage, there's, you know, intimate details about your, you know, your marriage, I say intimate, you know, details of an, of an argument or something like that, that's just unhealthy, you know? You can have, I mean, she can go talk to her girlfriends, I can go talk to one of my guy friends, and that's, that's a different story. But I don't need to be talking to a female and, and talking about, well, she just doesn't understand what I'm talking about. She doesn't, you know, that's just not healthy. Um, and on the other side of that, don't be the shoulder to lean on for somebody for the opposite sex, okay? If they've got problems in their marriage um, and, you know, they're coming to you, you know, you, you need to, to say, go find a, a, you know, a lady or go find a, a, you know, a man. Uh, you just, there's just not, it's, nothing good is going to come of that, okay? Uh, it's just, you're going to develop an emotional bond over time. If, because what happens when you, when you, if you remember we talked about a minute ago, when you work through conflict and it deepens your relationship, you know, when you work through a conflict and you, um, you're successful through that, it develops, um, it's like building a wall. You know, you develop a foundation that is useful later in life. Well, you know, guys, you know, on a team, when you're, you know, you develop the foundation and you, you start, you know, mapping out your plays and the team works together, the team gets closer and closer. Well, if you're doing that with somebody of the opposite sex, then you're doing that at the detriment of your own marriage. So, and then don't be uh, alone with a person of the opposite sex ever. There's just no no need for that. Um, again, that's one of those situations where I would keep the door open uh, for a meeting. I didn't have to didn't have to open it up so everybody could hear, but leave it cracked enough so that everybody knows what's going on. So those are just some some things warnings um, for for those relationships because uh, accountability and mutual respect. If you don't have accountability in marriage and if you don't mutually respect each other it's really hard to get for your friendship to deepen uh, because, you know, th that's one of those foundational building blocks, okay? Um, establish daily, daily habits, um, praying together. We're working on, on doing that better. Um, but one of our daily habits is kind of, seems kind of silly, but we make the bed together. We get, you know, every morning, uh, we, she gets up before I do, uh, she gets up and does her Bible study because she's one of those. She gets up at five o'clock, whether she went to bed at ten o'clock or, or or five o'clock. I mean, it's just the way she's wired. So, but you know, once I get up, you know, and I go get my fix my coffee, when I'm coming back, she comes. We make the bed. I get a hug and a kiss out of it every every morning. So, it's good for me. Uh, but it's it's a it's it's a little thing. But you know, establish just daily habits, just da daily things that you do together. Um, because it, you know, it 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 continues to build uh, foundational. Um, affirm one another and be intentional in in uh, pointing out things that your spouse does that you like. We're real good at pointing out things that we don't like, but look for things. Um, look for ways to serve your your spouse. Look for ways to affirm your spouse. Um, you know, she, she is a, uh, she is a great cook. She's a much better baker. Um, as good a cook as she is, she's a better baker. And I, you know, I brag on her all the time because except that, you know, cupcakes seem to be her downfall. <laughs> cupcakes always seem to fall in the middle. Uh, but it, you know, one of her, the girls she mentored said, well, that's just a better, you got more, more room for icing. So it works. But, um, you know, look for the things that your that your spouse does. Um, little things that they do for you. I mean, we laugh and we are part of it. 
incorporating laughter in what we do. You know, she she does all the laundry, and um, one day she was doing the laundry, and and we when we got married, one of the things we we decided is that when once and she's an accountant, um, but when we got married, we said okay, if at all possible, you're not gonna, she's not going to work while we're raising kids. And so we did. It was, wasn't easy. I drove clunkers all my life <laughs> up until recently. Um, but that was, you know, that was, we made it work. You know, she stayed at home. She took care of the kids and, and all that kind of stuff. She ended up homeschooling the kids. There's no way we could have done that, um, you know, had she been working, had we both been working. Um, you know, there were some things, you know, we didn't, we didn't buy a bigger house when everybody was buying bigger houses and things like that. But, you know, we never, for us, it worked, and it, we never looked, at, uh, looked, looked back on it and said we wish we'd have done it differently. But one day, we were, she was kidding with me, and um, she said, you know, what is it like to just uh, open your drawers and see fresh folded clothes in there every couple of days? I said, well, I guess it's like when you open your wallet every couple of weeks and there's money in there. <laughs> so anyway, ha you know, um, Look for things that you can do for your spouse to affirm them and, and, to, and to cherish them. I mean, really, I mean, why did you get married if you don't want to be with a person, if you don't want to cherish and, and enjoy your time together? And ever since COVID, he's been working from home anyway, so we, it's, we were really glad we liked each other by then because he's there all, and he's almost retired now. So, you know, that, that, that time's coming, so you want to like each other when it comes because right. we have enjoyed him being home. <laughs> One other thing that will help you in, in, to deepen your relationship is to be transparent with each other. Uh, and it's, you know, it's something we still all struggle with. But when I'm talking about that, that is when you're struggling with something um, or you're hurting about something uh, or you're just not, not doing well, share that with your spouse. And, and spouses, when they do that, you know, don't, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Well, you do. And, you know, saying you shouldn't, you know, that doesn't help anything. It just makes them feel, well, there's something wrong with me. You know, if you're dealing with something, you know, you're, you're angry about something, you're afraid of something, um, you know, if you spend time sharing that with each other, then you've got somebody you can, you're going through it together. And, and, you know, here's the deal. You're going to go through life one way or the other. It's a whole lot more fun to go through together than as two separate people. Okay? So when you're dealing, if you're dealing with something, share it with your spouse, and that way, you know, you can work through that uh, together. Even if there's, you know, I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm not really fearful um, but there are times when, you know, I worry about a couple of different things. You know, I'm always, I'm always worried, you know, I'm the breadwinner, so I was always make sure, you know, worried about where, are we going to have enough money and that kind of stuff. So making sure that we're, we're you know, we talk through that and, and um, she understands what's going on. You know, it just, it just makes it easier when you're going through that together. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the last thing is just communicate. Uh, talk, really talk. Um, put the cell phone down. Um, we, we went to, where was it? Um, Cheesecake Factory one night. We went to Cheesecake Factory one night. And we were there for 45 minutes. And there was a couple sitting right over there. And I mean, other than to order and to eat, they didn't talk to each other for 45 minutes. They were both sitting there with their phones like this the whole evening. You know? So, you know, put the cell phone down, spend time with each other, talk to each other. Um, if you work through all those things, you help to develop that friendship in marriage. And, and we're, I mean, we're, we're jazzed about the next, you know, 25, 30 years, wherever God leads us. Uh, because, you know, as I'm trying to figure out what retirement looks like, Jim, I don't know if, yeah, I know, I know, you know, you got to, you got to figure it out at some point. I'm, I'm, I'm working, a, working a day and a half a week right now and, and I, well, I'm, I'm getting paid, a, paid for a day and a half a week. I may be working more. But, you know, um, but, you know, we're free to do more things now. So, I mean, Saturday morning we, we got up, we went downtown, we went to the farmer's market, we found a new place to eat breakfast, 
uh, we kind of walked downtown a little bit and, and came back and watched the ball game. Nothing big, but we had a blast. And so, you know, you want to you have, you're going to grow old. You might as well have fun doing it and grow old together, okay? Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is just developing your relationships outside of your marriage. Um, it is okay to have friends. You need friends. Um, I play tennis. I've got a lot of people that I play tennis with and develop friendships over the time. She couldn't care less about tennis, uh, you know. Uh, but it's good for me because it's good physically and socially, and, but it doesn't define, you know, our relationship. Um, she knows that if I get a little time away and, and it's, you know, it's the physical activity and all that, that uh, I'm more energized when I come home. If for her to go out and, you know, she's got a luncheon tomorrow with a bunch of ladies and they're going to go out and, and have lunch and I'll be at home in front of the computer working. Um, but, you know, having that time uh, with her friends. So it's okay to develop friendships outside of marriage. Um, I think you need to have friends. You know, we've got a, the same group of people that we uh, tailgate with. I do a Bible, or not a Bible, we, we meet every Wednesday morning by conference call for, and we do a prayer, prayer call. So we, on Wednesday morning at, at uh, 645, we, I sit in my chair and dial in conference call and we'll, you know, we spend the next 45 minutes to an hour with prayer requests and praying and, and all that kind of thing. And those are the guys, uh, they're all Bellevue members. And over the years, our families have become close because of, of that relationship. So you want to build those relationships. You know, I think most of your friendships should be within the church. Um, I do think that you should have friends who are not Christians. Uh, otherwise, how would you be able, how, you know, who are you going to witness to? Who are you going to share the love of Christ with? So a lot of the guys I play tennis with are not Christians. Um, some of them are from, you know, I play on, a, on an international team. <laughs> I've got people from, from uh, Kenya, from India, from Mexico, uh, all different different countries on my team, and and so, uh, you know, trying to share the love of Christ uh, with that group. Um, so I think you need to have uh, friends who are not Christians. But I think most of what you should do should be tied with other believers, people of like faith, um, because you know you just I talked about Phil and Debbie, uh, Phil and Debbie Dane. Some of you may know them, but um, Phil passed away last year. But you know, they were the rare. Uh, it's rare for people in their 60s to meet another couple that you you click with so well. Um, but for the last five years, that was Phil and Debbie. Um, they uh, came up. For, he was the he was the uh, athletic director at UT Martin. He retired and came back to uh, came to Memphis to be where his kids were. And um, I mean, we really meshed, and it was really a you know a sweet time for us. Um, the other half of that is when you develop those friendships, those are the people that sustain you uh, when things in the future, when things don't go well. Um, we have a couple that's actually part of our family, and um, he, he loves her so much, and she loves him every bit as much. He does not have any friends outside of their marriage are very few. He works with some people, but she does. And, um, and it's just, it's hard. It's hard on her because she has to be everything for him pretty much. And, uh, and it's hard for him if she's doing something else. I mean, so I, we really do think it's really important for both of you to have some outside interest. And again, as we said earlier, you need to be very careful about that, but uh, you need some healthy outside interest too, because you don't want to just suck the life out of your <laughs> your partner either so yeah and, and those families that you make we have lifelong friends uh people that we've known uh, so, you know we were at each we, when our kids were born we were all at the hospital um but that's one of the you know she's got a, a group tell them about your group it's it's just ladies from that time and uh and we still do you know showers when our kids get married or have babies or whatever and we go to lunch periodically and and you know it's just a it's just people that you know so well because you've been through so much with them it's just important to have those kind of relationships and 
as I'm saying that, I'm thinking that some of you may have moved here from somewhere else. So I know, you know, that that may not be what you can do right now, but Bellevue's a big place. So <laughs> we can, you know, keep keep searching and find those friends. But develop those friendships because, you know, those are the ones that, you know, when there's something going on, you know, those are the people she relies on. Mm -hmm. She, you know, reaches out to them. When we're talking, you know, if there's something going on, you know, those guys on the, on my prayer call, the guys that I talk to, and and we're gonna close with one thing. Um, as we grow old and grow old together, um, life is gonna change. You know, right now we're at the stage of life where we, you know, we're a lot more free. We can pick up and we can go. We can do things and things like that. But also, you know, do you get the more health issues uh, come into play. And I have a list uh, of 20 men who were acquaintances, uh, friends of mine at some point in my, in my life, in my adult life. And I'm talking about, you know, not just, you know, people I knew from work, but people that, you know, at one time or another I was close to. Uh, 20 men who have died in the last five years and left widows. Um, life too short. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your friendship. You know, take the time, because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And you know, it'd be, it would really be a shame for you to hit sixty-five like we are, and look back over the last twenty years and go, you know, what have we accomplished? What do we do? You know, we don't like each other now. Um, that kind of thing. And 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 that happens. People get. You know, one of the, the places where people get divorced is when people retire and they're back together, you know, in the house all the time and they can't, can't, get, can't get along. So work on your marriage now. And yes. I think that, the, that as long as you keep your, your healthy boundaries, and that's the key thing with any friendship is healthy boundaries, okay? If you have a sister um, who is constantly telling you, you know, all the things that your husband's doing wrong, then you need to, you know, push that away. But, you know, if you've got a good, if you foster good, healthy friendships with other people, I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, as your kids become adults, you know, you, that transition happens. You can't tell your kids what to do anymore. Not that we could tell them before, okay? Not that they would listen. Not that they would listen, okay? But when they're adults, you know, they're making their own decisions, and you have to learn to zip your mouth because, you know, they don't want to listen at that point. You know, they're trying to make their own way, and you guys know, I mean, you know, you've, you've been through that thing too, you know, where, you know, once your mom and dad were telling you everything to do, and then and you hit, you know, you know, 30 years old, and you're like, I don't need to hear, I, I, I got it, okay? So as long as you keep those, the boundaries and keep your friendships healthy, there, I don't see anything, anything wrong with that. I think that's healthy. Anybody else? Uh, uh, Bedrock Eats and Sweets. Waffles. waffles. Protein waffles. It's uh, down off of Vance. Vance and Main. Yeah, it's not too, not too far. We could walk to it from the downtown farmer's market. But that's good. Uh, Sunrise is good. Arcade downtown is good. You want breakfast places? We got breakfast places. Exactly. So I think that, you know, I, do you encourage people who have that experience? Yes. Same sex. Same, same yeah. sex. Everything can't be exactly like you. Sometimes right. you can get pushed. We're opposite, too. We yeah. are. I'm an introvert. He's an extrovert. It, you know, we, we, we've done all that, too. <laughs> but that was, uh, was one of the neat things about um, – Phil and Debbie is that Phil and I were a lot alike, and she and Debbie are a lot alike. Well, in a lot of ways, in some ways they're completely opposite. But 
you know, Phil and I, we, we would have, we'd go out and Phil and I would go play golf and, you know, we'd have fun and they would go shop and they'd have fun. And so we had our time apart. But then the next day we were all together yeah. as all four. So yeah, you don't want to ever replace it. Exactly. That's not healthy. Yeah. And that, and again, as you know, the key thing is like I was telling her boundaries, keeping your boundaries is always the important thing because you can let all, you know, I, I do know situations where guys, you know, they're all, you know, it's poker night or whatever. And they're, you know, they're, they're out to four o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff. That's not healthy. Okay. But having good, healthy friendships outside of marriage, as long as it's part of, you know, what you're trying, you know, and you're, you're not ignoring your spouse, then I think it's healthy. That's awesome. Wow. That's great. Mark Twain. Wasn't it Mark Twain that said, uh, I left home at 18. My dad was the stupidest man on the face of the earth. And then I came back at 21. It was amazing how much that man had learned. <laughs> Give and take. You know what I mean? 
Honesty, empathy, loyalty, and trust are gifts that each spouse gives to the other. Those are critical to understand. That's the foundational blocks of what a marriage works on. We'll talk a little bit about that next week. The Friendship Foundation enhances relationship happiness throughout marriage. We have to be best friends. Does that make sense? And it's not easy. You know, I, 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 I like what you guys said about perspective being That's one thing. But when you teach also a life group, I teach a life group. So I'm naive. I'll be honest with you. I am so not smart when it comes to some relationships. I have a wonderful spouse that points out those relationships that I need to guard again. I don't sometimes even have a clue. We had a person. I'm in a teaching life class, a life group. We had a person that I had no clue. They're in our house. And she is flirting with me. No idea what that relationship is. She walked up to me and said, I just want to let you know that Barb is flirting with me. Good. Does it make you happy? No. Maybe not. Like, um, <laughs> no, not at all did it make me happy. I did not want anything. Guys, listen to me, guys. You either have to make a decision I am not because you are vulnerable.
somewhere at the house that you could.